Yes, as yeah, we I, all are. Yes. I even tried to like disguise the tiredness because <laughs> I have twins. We've been up since five. It's been a long day. <laughs> and plus, you know what? It's Friday, so yeah. I know exactly. Well, it doesn't. Every day feels the same. Yeah, know? yeah, yeah. Fair play, fair play. But at least the only uh, thing is different is Sunday because obviously, yeah, I still go to church online, but mm. every day's the same. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. How's your house been today? Uh, yeah, RJ has been his usual self. Um, a bit of a handful today. Um, Esme somewhere just doing whatever it is she does. She's she's mm-hmm. six going. She's six going on seventeen, so she's just messing around and yeah, it's been chilled out. A lot of work because uh, obviously I'm working from home as well. So, mm. but yeah, it's been chilled out. But again, like I said, I don't know, for some reason today it felt like a slug. It was just mm. long, long and drawn out and I just couldn't wait for the end of the day. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. But other than that, it's all good. We're blessed. That's good. Um, for those who are joining, um, today's topic is all things fatherhood. Um, we are celebrating our amazing Black Fathers this week, coming up to Father's Day on Sunday. Um, so today we have I Am Papa B with us this evening. Um, for those that don't know you, just let us know who you are, um, kind of what you do offline and online, and obviously what your kids, who your kids are. Okay, so, um, you know, I've been introduced already as um, Papa B. But my name is Bode. Um, I'm a father of three. Um, I've got a 12-year-old, Renee. I've got Esme, who's six. And then RJ, who is two. Um, I work as a client relationship manager in the construction industry. Um, And you know what? That's just my day job, isn't it? But online... You know, I also kind of try, you know, I try to show black fatherhood in its finest. Mm. Um, look, black fatherhood is, it's amazing. It's excellent. And I just looked and I said, look, this space doesn't really represent what I know. You know, yeah. it doesn't really show us the, the, the way that we are, because the fact of the matter is they are black fathers out there really doing big things you know so I kind of thought you know I want to change that perspective I want to change the narrative a little bit so that's what I do online really just showcase pictures of myself with the kids and the family you know and just showing that you know what as black people we're here we're living Mm. and we're thriving as well we're doing Mm. well at it yeah Mm. Yeah. so take us back to obviously your oldest is 12 so 12 years of experience you know (laughs) that is a lot take yeah. us back to the time when you know you guys found out you was expecting how like yeah. you know where you were in like your 
space like as a person you know mm-hmm. where you, how you were expecting to go into fatherhood and everything yeah um so the funny thing is i i i, I do i do q a's every saturday at least for the last two saturdays and somebody mm-hmm. asked a question last saturday and the person said you know how how do you prepare for children mm-hmm. and the, the truth is i don't think it's possible to prepare no. for children um, <laughs> So to answer that question in a roundabout way that, you know, the child, you know, my, my child came and it was from a previous relationship. So before I met Candice, mm-hmm. and sadly, that relationship didn't work out. But, you know, my child's there and she's 12 and I've been in her life pretty much almost every day. You know, mm-hmm. um, you know, I've been there for her. I'm going to continue to be there for her. And you know what? There is no book for it. There is no manuscript somewhere. There are no guidelines. You just go to. You just got to go with what feels right. You know, yeah. I believe as human beings, we are born with this ability to, you know, and that's why we've got a conscience to, you know, to know mm-hmm. right from wrong. And we're born this with this ability to just do the right thing. And yeah. I think that's just what le- that's what leads me in my fatherhood journey is just my my want and need to do the right thing by my children. And that's yeah. it for me. That's, that's all I live by. Just, I want to do the right thing for them and by them. And that's it. Mm. So, yeah. as you told us about the, um, you having a previous relationship and a child from a previous relationship. How has co-parenting been? Like, obviously, I know you didn't Ooh. wake up and plan to, <laughs> to like, co-parent. Though. So, yes, yes. Look, for it. How's it been? Uh, you know what, co-parenting is is difficult. Uh, I'm not going to st- sit here and say it's easy. No, it's not. Yeah. Um, it does get it gets easier, and I think for it to get easier, we need to key, um, both parties have got a key into what's most important, and that is the yeah. child. Um, yeah. We've got to put our differences aside because, in between all of that, there is a child that's innocent, the child that mm. didn't ask to be born. And a child that just wants to be loved and feel as part of something, you know. So as long as you're able to put all those differences aside and just focus on what's most important, which is the child, everything else is secondary. And for me, that's what has literally, that's what, that's, that's how I've done it throughout the whole journey of the 12 years. Um, I think we split up when, I think when she was around two, if I'm correct. And, um, you know that's what's led that's that's how i've led it that's how i've done it it's yes we've got our differences yes we'll shout we'll fight we'll argue we we'll do all of that i don't care my child is what's important all mm. right it is what it is and luckily she she's on the same page now and you know what we just co-parent perfectly you know she calls me up when when she wants to discuss something about the child about renee you know if renee is naughty. She calls me up as well. You know, she's done something great. She calls me up as well. We have conversations about work. We have conversations about life, you know, Mm. about how things are going in her workspace and how things are going in my workspace. So we've kind of built a relationship as friends, which is really, really important. Like I said, initially, it was difficult. It was hard. You know, I think we just had to, I think one day I literally, I literally just said to her, like, look, whatever happened between us happened in the past all right that's in the past and I think we've both moved on from that I'm in a relationship now you're also in your own relationship now with other children we need to let that go yeah we just we need to let that go for the sake of our child yeah and I think that was it 
yeah. we're, we're good friends now and it is what it is that's amazing yeah. and i think it's definitely as we can tell from your mindset it's just obviously has changed to create that space obviously being healthy for your child which yes. is beautiful to see um yes. i think we do get obviously we do get those negative stories which has kind of yes. put black um black um fathers in that stereotype box um so kind of do you come across that like have you had any like friends that are like that and you have to check on like right in in terms of friends i surround myself with people that are like me okay i surround myself with people that are like me and i surround myself with people that will hold that that can and will hold me accountable and likewise the other way and vice versa as well if we cannot hold ourselves accountable as friends then there's no point in us being friends at all yeah. you know so i've got to be able to tell you the truth and you need to be able to tell me the truth as well um look of course i know black fatherhood you know the, the whole thing about black parenting there's a certain kind of notion that's out there about single parent households and black fathers not being present yeah. and all that stuff see i'm a numbers guy okay and 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 i, I use logic in pretty much almost everything i do um I also use emotions as well, which is important, but I use logic in everything I do. So which means I look at a lot of numbers and statistics and all that kind of stuff. There's nobody that can tell me, if we want to actually look at the numbers, there's nobody that can tell me that the number of black fathers that are present are not more than the numbers of black fathers that are not. Mm. Do you know what I mean? It's in, I, I just, I can't, I can't deep that it's impossible yeah. there yeah. are a lot more black fathers present than those that are not so why do we then focus on those that are not i'm not saying that yeah. those that are not shouldn't fix it yeah. but they are a lot that are actually present so that's yeah. what i look at and um look black masculinity it, i don't think this is a life to do that if we really delve deep into the whole black masculinity thing and you know how we are brought up as men you know and the construct of of a man and all that kind of stuff i think all of it mm. is a farce mm. you know mm. as a man you should be able to show emotions that's what makes you a man as a man you should be there not just physically you should be there spiritually you should be there emotionally you know you need to be there and I just can't understand how a man will have a child and not want to be in that child's life. I don't get it. I see, it's crazy. But I feel like it's only the guys who are doing what they're meant to be doing that have this mindset. Do you so, get what I mean? Like, yeah. there's no way that I'd be like someone that I see that's not there for their child. They just mm. say, yeah, but I don't like the mum. So that's the end. <laughs> I know like obviously as women sometimes yeah. we just you know we're a bit too much and we just don't understand how to come to a common ground uh -huh. we all I, I can't like we have to we have like some sort of form to blame to it as well but uh -huh. you know as you said it's your responsibility you man up you work it out and you move forward yeah I mean let, let's go back a little bit to what you said about um what was it uh yeah I don't just I don't I don't like the woman Hold on. Mm. Mm. Dude, when you were making the child, did you like the woman? <laughs> like, yo. <laughs> like, yo. It takes two people to tango, man. Like, do you know what I mean? When you were making the woman, you liked her, right? So mm. for me, that's an excuse. That's somebody running away from responsibility. And at some point in life, you have to become responsible. And there is no way, mark my words, there's no man, regardless of how well you're doing, if you do not look after your children, there's no way it will be well with you. Mm. No way. Mm. 
right? You're always going to be running around in circles and chasing your own tail. Mm. Simple. It is what it is. Definitely. Yes. Definitely. Yes. Um, in terms of um, going back to you being a numbers guy, there was something that my nephew said to me. He's 13 and he's definitely a numbers guy as well. He likes the like statistics and logic and things like that. And he was like, obviously, statistically, um, kids from a single parent home mm -hmm. are going to end up into like crime and, you know, obviously go down the bad road. He's from a single parent home as well. And my sister mm -hmm. was kind of a bit like, no that doesn't even though it's on the paper doesn't you know that you haven't seen the study you haven't seen all this you can't just say that that's what is going to happen to that's you just because happen. it says yeah. on paper so yeah. it's kind of like how do you obviously you have a girl so i think girls mm. are their mindsets a little bit different but how mm. do you kind of enforce that still creating that co-parenting environment for your eldest yeah. who isn't in like the home together right so here's the thing um I personally know a few friends that were brought up in single parent households and they're mm. doing very well. So mm. again, that's another statistic I do not subscribe to. Again, mm. I think it's a narrative that's been put out there for a reason and we all know what mm. the reason is. Look, mm. of course, let's look at the facts. Let's look at a few things. Single parent households, predominantly in single parent households, not saying that there ain't no single parent households with the dad being the main person. They are, but they're mm. few and far between. You have more single yeah. parent households with the woman actually taking the reins in, in terms of looking after the child. Yeah. The truth is, look, she's looking after the child. Probably the dad is not contributing, it's not playing his part, and she has to work, right? She has to go mm. to work, she has to feed the children, she needs to keep the home there, she needs to keep a roof over their head, clothes on their back, food on the, food on the table, and all that kind of stuff. Yes, I totally get that, okay? However, mm. there's something called values. As long as those values are instilled and we build a community around ourselves and stop seeing ourselves as a minority or as a mm. demographic, we are part mm. of a wider community. As long as we can tap into that community and start to really treat ourselves as one, mm. that narrative is going to continue to flow. And those people that are trying to push that narrative are going to continue to push that narrative. The yeah. truth is, if you're walking down the street and you see somebody that lives in your block, you see someone's child that lives in your block doing something they're not supposed to be doing, pull them up. Yeah. I would. I'll do that. So people say, oh, don't do that. These kids of nowadays, they're walking around with knives and stuff. It's all yeah. about your education. It's all about the way you approach them or the way you talk to them. I do it. I mentor a lot of young young boys, most especially, and I'm mm. trying to bring a lot of young boys into the industry, young black boys, especially into the industry I work in. And I talk yeah. to them a lot. All they need is that person, you know, talking to them constantly. Yeah. I don't subscribe to that narrative, okay. sadly. I don't subscribe to it. I think it's a farce, and I think it just doesn't make sense. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. Definitely. Yeah. He's trying to explain to him, and he's still like, no, obviously statistics, it's there. Black and white, we're like, no, black and white don't mean nothing. No, it doesn't. <laughs> so many it, doesn't. it doesn't. If we're talking about statistics, I know, sorry, I like to digress. I like to digress a lot. So let me digress a little bit. If we're talking about statistics, right? Yeah. It's funny how when it comes to us, black people, the statistics are championed and pushed right to the top. Mm. However, using the same statistics, let's look at this. Let's talk about pedophiles, for example. Okay, mm -hmm. the Jimmy Savills of this world and all that kind of stuff. So you get where I'm going with this, right? Mm -hmm. Why don't we mm -hmm. say statistically white men end up as pedophiles? Why don't we say that? You don't see that anywhere. You don't no. see that everywhere. You don't. When actually, 
if we look at statistics, we should say, well, more white men end up as pedophiles than black men. Yeah. But we don't push that statistic as well. So at the end of the day, I think we've got to be careful what statistics we're taking in, what numbers we're actually taking in, so that we don't start to believe that and act that. Definitely, definitely. Yes. That's that's basically what we were trying to explain to him. (laughs) Um, In terms of um, bringing your oldest child into like your new family and stuff um how did that go obviously i guess your younger younger kids are like happy to have an older sister and everything like that um how how did the transition go into like bringing her in and stuff like that no it it, it was look i mean she was already i mean she's she's part of the family and she's always Mm -hmm. been part of the family so before you know candice and i started to have children she was already you know part of the family she was already coming to the house and staying quite a lot and you know when her little sister was born Esme you know again she was there from day one and she's been there so they have a very tight relationship mm-hmm. you know the video call each other they talk to each other every now and then you know and they're so excited to see each other it is what yeah. it is Esme looks up to her to to, to mm-hmm. Renee her elder sister and I think it's just it's just easy it's, it's, it's all down to the parents anyways as long as you can ensure that they get to meet each other and you know it's kids are kids and kids will always be kids kids it's a lot easier for kids to make friends and build a relationship than us adults to be fair yeah definitely um you know before real life hits them but yeah. <laughs> you know it's yeah. what it is yeah <laughs> yeah so it was, so it was just easy. So yes. yeah exactly yeah how is it um moving on obviously with candice like introducing her to your daughter was there any kind of like you know, to just flow how you wanted it, or was the yeah. was there like negativity from the from your previous relationship? How was no, how did she? There was no negativity whatsoever. Again, of course, uh, it's I've got a massive part to play there. You know, I've got mm-hmm. a massive part to play there. I know, you know, as a mother, you you want to be protective of your child, mm-hmm. and you want to ensure that your child is going is meeting with the best person possible, someone that's not going to do anything wrong to them, someone that's going to look after them and take them as their own. I must say, you know, from day one, from the first time I met Candice, I made it clear that I have have a child already, Mm. okay? So if you're taking me, Mm. my child comes with me. It's... Mm. There's no other way around it. There's no other way around it. And you know what? Candice was, was cool with that, you know? And from day one, Candice had taken Renee as her own child as well. They've got a good relationship, you know. I, I leave them to do their own thing. Yeah. Anytime she's here, I just leave them to do their own thing. And I don't get involved. I'm just like, yeah. right, crack on and do your own thing. And I think there's that trust there between myself and, you know, my ex-partner. Um, it's, it's just, there's just that trust there that, look, anytime Renee goes to his house, she's in safe hands. It's just that. Mm. Again, it's just, it's a respe- respectability factor, you know, not crossing boundaries and, you know, asking the right questions and taking permission where necessary, yeah. you know, even though I know I'm going to do it already, but I still take the permission. Do you mind yeah. if blah, blah, blah does this? She goes, yeah, yeah fine. No problem yeah. at all. Again, it's just carrying them along. It's, you just got to know how to play the game, to be fair. Yeah. So yes. would you, ex- would you, mm, would you express your term as being a blended family? Because you kind of all kind of, you know, come nah, we, Yeah, we're cool. <laughs> we're cool. We're cool, to be fair. It's, I don't know how to explain it. Um, some people say I'm quite lucky. Yeah. Um, but I just think it's the way 
we handle it and the way we've decided to just be grown-ups yeah. and the way we've decided to focus on the children rather than our own personal feelings towards each other but just yeah. focusing on the children because they are what's most important they are a legacy yeah. at the end of the day so yeah 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 definitely yeah. talking about legacy how mm-hmm. do you instill kind of like the way you raise up your girl versus mm-hmm. your boy Mm-hmm. And is there any particular? Obviously, I can tell you are Nigerian. Yes, I am. So you know, there's a the bouncing baby boy, and you know the girl <laughs> just there, like uh-huh. kind of, um, right differences. Yeah, there are differences in the way they're parented. They're different. There's mm-hmm. diff- uh, it, uh, the thing is, each of my children are parented differently. Children would always teach you how to train them or teach mm. you how to look after them you just got to listen to them right so mm. they're different Esme is a different kind of person she she likes to stay by herself you know she's quite touchy-feely sometimes but she likes to stay by herself she loves her independence you know mm. as long as you just leave her to what she's doing she's fine um she likes to feel your presence to know that you're there she's she, she likes hugging you know kissing and cuddling she likes yeah. that kind of stuff um Arjun, on the other hand he's very rambunctious you know he's it would throw things away and just mash things down and it's very noisy and loud and it wants you to know he's there and it's got a very, very strong personality. Mm-hmm. I mean, Esme is two times his size and he will stand his ground with Esme. <laughs> and I'm like, wow. Um, but talking about the way they're brought up, look, I bring, I'm trying to bring Arjay up in a world where he grows up to respect women. Mm-hmm. So I'm the way I am, and I've often said this, I'm the way I am because of him. I want him to grow up respecting women, right? Esme, on the other hand, I want her to grow up feeling like she can do anything. Mm. Right, that nothing is off limits for her. Yeah. I mean, the, the other day, uh, I think about two weeks ago, I sent her on an errand earlier, and then I asked her again if she could go bring diaper and wipes for me. And she just looked at me and she says, you know what, Dad, I really don't want to do that. And... My instinct was like, what, what, what? <laughs> then I thought, nah, actually, that's cool. I'll get it myself, you know? And Candice yeah. as well was like, yeah, but Esme, your dad. And I said, no, Candice, don't worry, leave it. It's fine. Don't worry. And then I had a conversation with Candice after I said, you know why I did that? She goes, why? I said, look, I want her to be able to express herself as a mm-hmm. woman. You know, our women already you know, women of, you know, my, my mom's generation or whatnot, expressing themselves wasn't really something that they could do, you know? Mm-hmm. The men were seen as the be-all and end-all, but not on my watch. That's not going to happen. I want my daughters to grow up having a voice. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I want them to be able to go into any room and command anything, if not, if, if, if not more than a man can command. That's what yeah. I want. In my opinion, a woman is going to need the, re- the next revolution, you know? If we had women, more women leaders in the world, the world would be a far better place. That's yeah. in my opinion. Yeah. You know how deep that is? Like, literally, I'm just thinking. So when the girl comes to me and she's telling me she don't want to do it, do I, like, give her the opportunity? Now I have to think about my parenting as well. Because <laughs> <laughs> like, yeah, that makes so much sense yeah. to say it. But for me, I would have been like, but I told you to do something. Go yeah, I know, I know. And <laughs> look, and that's, I mean, she did it once to my, to my dad. She did it once to my dad. <laughs> my dad said, Esme, take the plate to the kitchen. And she says, no, I'm not taking it. And he goes, why? He goes, look, there's nothing wrong with your legs. Like, you could get up and put it there yourself. <laughs> I just said to my dad, and I was like, oh, my God. 
dad, yeah, that's bad. My dad called me. My dad was like, "Yo, blah 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 blah." But I knew he wouldn't get it because he's from mm. that older generation. So I told yeah. him, "Don't worry." And I took the plate and I put it in the kitchen. But I liked that. Now, from our tradition, like, oh, she was rude. Yeah, definitely. I get that. I totally understand that. However, she's right. It's nothing wrong with your legs. Mm. She's a child, yes, but she's also got feelings. She gets mm -hmm. tired too. Mm. She wants to put her feet up as well. I think when you start to train them like that from young, yeah. that gives them the ammunition to go out into the world and take nothing from no one. Because essentially that's what you want. You want a woman that will go out there and take nothing from nobody. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, she's she's definitely strong and in she knows her own mind. Yeah, she does. Definitely what we want. She does. I I reckon if I'd said to her, Esme, please help me. I'm tired. I could have played that card and she'd have said, "All right, then I'll just do it just one time." But I thought, no. You've told me you're tired. You told me you don't want to do it. That's fine. I just need to listen to you. Yeah. Yeah. I think even going like thinking about you talking about the way you're parenting your child. I'm just thinking, is this why? Like because I'm you're so used to like bending over for your elders like when you go mm -hmm. into the workplace then if like my manager says i'm jumping how high like i don't even stop mm -hmm. to like question anything mm -hmm. not even do you know I mean my, my manager's not my elder but just because they're yeah. older than you and you know they're yes. obviously in a place of higher i'm thinking yes. i don't question stuff enough yeah yes. yeah you obviously get I, absolutely you I, and you were right i grew up in a house where i was not seen or heard mm -hmm. okay and i know how when I'm, I moved to the UK when I was 17 and I, you know, I started to work after uni and I know how I used to look at the bosses then, you know, I didn't, I couldn't challenge stuff because I'm like, yeah. oh, you're my boss. So you're my elder or you're my senior. So I have to give you yeah. a certain level of respect. Yeah. But actually I also deserve respect. I'm human. I also deserve respect. I also deserve you not to take the mickey out of me, you know? Mm -hmm. So I need to be able to stand on my own two feet and, I just decided I was going to do it totally differently. I was going to be opposite from that. Yeah. 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 Uh, yeah. It's very hard to untrain your mind once you're It is. It dead. is. It is. It is. That's crazy. Um, so how do you parent, how would you parent your son growing up? Obviously, you know, being a black boy. Fine. One of the things I definitely want to do is I want to get him in the kitchen as soon as he can get in there. I want to get Amen. him Amen. My, my mom did that. My mom did that with me um, when mm -hmm. I was younger. She would always drag me into the kitchen. And I'm like, well, why, why am I doing this? She goes, listen, no woman is going to take the piss with you when you grow up. No woman is going to make you go hungry. Right? <laughs> so you're going to learn how to cook. It's an essential life skill. And you know what? I do most of the cooking in the house because I love doing it. I enjoy yeah. doing it. Yeah. So I believe it's an essential skill. I want my son to understand that, yes, you've gone to work. And your other half has gone to work as well. Cool. You're both tired. All right. Yeah. Nothing stops you from going into the kitchen to cook. Nothing. Right. And even to understand that that is not a woman's place. Mm. So I'm trying to kind of rewrite the rules, rewrite the script. That that's not what's going to happen here. You're going to grow up respecting women. You're going to grow up respecting black women. You're going to Amen. do that. So that's how I'm bringing him up. Yeah. That's amazing. Yeah. I cook with my son, but my I've got twins. They're boy and girl, so they do everything together. So it's not really mm. any separate um, things. But 
um, I think when we was talking about having children, we was all talking about chores. Like, you know, there's certain boy chores or there's certain girl chores. Do you guys have mm. anything like that? Or do you think no. chores are chores? Everyone should do everything. A, a chore is a chore. Simple as. I, I, the, in, in our house, there's no such thing as a girl's chore or a boy's chore. There's no mm. such thing as a girl's toy or a boy's toy. Esme loves to play with cars. She loves to play with Marvel characters. Mm. Again, it's the whole pigeonholing thing. It's the whole, oh, that's pink. It's, Esme hates pink. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? She'll wear dresses, but she hates pink. You yeah. know, stuff like that. The whole kind of, I mean, it's society that's forced that on us. And again, I'm really, we're really trying to rewrite it. Rewrite that mm. script that... Mm. Who says that that's the rule? Who says that a woman's, uh, a girl's chore is to wash the dishes? Mate, you've got hands. Go wash dishes too. Yeah. You Definitely. ate with it. Go wash it. Nothing wrong with that. Definitely, yeah. And RJ loves his toy Hoover. So you see RJ playing with the Hoover in the house and acting as if he's Hoovering. It is what it is, you know? And that's probably something that could have been classed as a girl's thing. A chore mm -hmm. in the past, but mm -hmm. he loves it. So mm -hmm. yeah, yeah. Okay. Someone said, "How do you feel about your son and dolls?" Um, my son mm -hmm. plays with dolls, but in terms of with his sister, like you know, they mm -hmm. play like mums and dads like house and stuff like that. Mm -hmm. But would you go out your way to buy him a particular like a doll? Like, oh, this is your baby, that kind of thing. If if he wants a doll, I'll buy him a doll. He hasn't shown any particular liking for dolls. I mean, he likes stuffed toys and stuff. But if he starts to show liking towards dolls, I'll buy him a doll. There's nothing wrong with it. It's a toy. Mm. Mm. Do you know what I mean? It's, it's a toy. It's the way I see it. And if he starts to care about the toys, and then I, maybe I can start using, using that to train him how to care for stuff. Again, mm. that's another essential life skill. To yeah. Start to care for stuff, you know? Yeah. I have no problem with that whatsoever. Yeah. Cool. Um, we've only spoken about like in terms of your growing up and your heritage and everything like that. Is there anything that you kind of bring from that into your um, parenting to your children? Oh yeah, I mean, I want to ensure that because I'm Nigerian through and through. Um, yes, I've been here for 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 a very long time, but I'm Nigerian through and through, and I believe that there's no way you would know where you're going to if you don't know where you're from. You've got to know where you're from. So, you know, it's my goal to show and teach my children where they're from. So teach them about the Nigerian culture, the language, the food. Um, mm. they're, yet, they're yet to go there on holiday. Um, mm -hmm. but we'll be going there very soon. It was on the cards to go there December this year. But with COVID and everything, we don't know what's going to happen. But um, yeah. it's my goal to take them there so they can see where they're from. You know, they can see where their, their grandparents are from. Get to the family house, understand the family history and all that kind of stuff. I think it feels, I mean, for me, most especially, I know my family history very well. And it's something that my dad did because he's a very proud, you know, uh, proud person in that respect. And I think it's helped me navigate life. It's helped me realize or understand who I am. Mm -hmm. It's also helped me get into spaces where people would have kind of run away from because I know who I am and I know where I'm from, if that makes sense. Yeah. Um, I can remember my very first day in the industry I work in, which is construction. And if anybody knows the construction industry very well, it is predominantly white. Yeah. Um, and I remember walking into the building of the company I worked for. Um, I worked for, and um, the front-facing stuff, you know, the big stuff, 
were predominantly white people. But then the back end stuff were black people. Mm. And I walked into the back. I, I went in there entry level years ago anyways. And I went into the back and I saw a few black people. Like, hey, you know, as you do, one of your own, oh, what's going on, blah, blah, blah. And I was just asking them questions like, so how do you progress in this business? You know, how do you progress in this industry? And one of the first things they said to me was, mate, just do what you've got to do. Black people never really make it far in this business. Mm. That's the first thing they said to me when I joined the industry. But I'll tell you what, I didn't subscribe to that. Again, I was like, what, me? Nigerian man? Now come here to come and make the best of something. You're telling me, I, nah, allow it. And trust me, and I navigated it, and I entered those spaces, and I broke down so many doors. And, you know, I got to senior management. So, again, I believe it's because of where I'm from. I know it's a privileged thing, and I'm a privileged black man, and I always say this because I grew up where, I grew up around black people, right? A predominantly black country where I'm taught that I am a king, where yeah. I'm taught that, you know what, I am everything and then some. So it's that kind of confidence that I want to instill in my children. And the only way I can instill that in them is by showing them where they're from. So actually make mm -hmm. them understand that where we're from, we have black kings, we have black queens. They are there, they are present and they exist. Yeah. Yeah. Um, have your children asked about like kind of what's going on now have they seen anything have you kind of explained what's going on in the world in terms of black life that matters yep yep yeah, especially my 12 year old and esme both of them rj is still too young to really grasp mm. it to understand it i mean my 12 year old she made a poster today black lives matter poster and she sent it to me and she stuck it to the window in the window of her room she lives you know they live in south london and she stuck it to the window there she gets it she understands it you know, um, when Esme experienced the, the racist incident, and that's what we're going to call it, it's a racist incident. Yes. When she experienced that last year, her sister was, was hurt by it and she was angry. You know, um, Esme fully understands, unfortunately, because we are black people, we have no choice but to have those conversations with our children yeah. before anyone else does. Yeah. So she fully understands what's going on. We've had those conversations with her and she gets it. Mm. so yeah yeah absolutely is there if you want to just highlight kind of what the incident was if you're right okay. in terms of okay. people we don't know what happened okay so the, the incident was um another school another uh, one of her classmates a white a white girl a little girl at age five said to esme i do not want to play with you because i do not like to play with people with dark skin or with brown mm. skin mm. you know and yeah that was hard um, that was painful. Um, yeah, it, I think it's one of the worst days of my life. Yeah, you know, and again, coming from where I've come from, where we just we don't have that over there. Do you know That's what I mean? It. And mm. and I've come over here and I've faced microaggressions, and I kind of brush microaggressions off because I'm for me from where I come from, because of where I come from, I never really understood that racism. You know, microaggressions in itself is a form of racism. Mm. I always looked out for that elaborate racism, like somebody calling yeah. it the N-word or something. Yeah, yeah, same. You know, so for me, that was a massive, massive eye-opener. Mm. You know, and I, that was a turning point in my head where I thought, you know what, this is not a joke anymore. I mm. need to fully immerse myself in that full Black British experience. Yeah. I need to feel it because the truth is, if I choose to bring my children up in this country, they are going to experience things that I've never experienced and I probably will never experience. Mm. So they are going to experience it. It was painful. It was hurtful. 
But you know what? We had a conversation with her and I took her through Yoruba history immediately. You know, I spoke to her about black queens and, you know, the princesses and the kings and where we come from, you know, black mm -hmm. excellence. I spoke, I told her everything to say, listen, there is nothing wrong with you. It's mm -hmm. actually that person that is something wrong with. Mm -hmm. Now I told, uh, you know, and look, I know at the back of my mind that children are not born racist. So yeah. I'm now thinking, well, what conversations are they having at home? What conversations are her parents having at home on the dining mm -hmm. table for her to actually take that in? So yeah. I've told my daughter that, look, there's nothing wrong with you. You are super the way you are. Mm -hmm. It's them that there's something wrong with. They're the ones that are confused. They're the ones that are stupid, not yeah. you. Yeah. simple as yeah yeah definitely definitely and i think um you saying what you're saying um you being um how would i say uh, like say like a first generation come from like nigeria to come here because say yes. for me would be my mum because i was born mm -hmm. here mm -hmm. if the same incident happened when i was at school i don't feel like my mum would have done what you guys done i feel like she would have just been like it's okay yeah. like just no, yeah. it's fine it's nothing they would have yeah. been hush hush but now like obviously you've been able to use that experience to like empower your daughter which is amazing yes. um yes. moving forward especially with everything going like on and yeah. unfolding even more as we keep going mm -hmm. so that is um really beautiful yeah, as a story overall yes because I think even now, like, my mum would still be like, oh, no, it's nothing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, 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 absolutely. <laughs> if, if, even now, my dad, look, my dad stud, uh, had his, uh, came here for his degree. Okay. And he, he lived in Peckham. Uh, mm -hmm. And he used to work at Vauxhall. But I remember moving here. That was one of the things he said to him. He said, look, you're going to a white man's country. Just put your mm. head down. Those mm. people are mad. He said, those people are mad. <laughs> but just put your head down and just do what you've, got, you've gone there to do. And that's it. But mm. now I'm the person educating him on stuff over here. I'm the person mm. educating him on, on microaggressions and, and racism and systematic oppression, you know, systematic oppression. And, and even though he knows the hands that, for example, the West has played in Nigeria. He knows that. But I'm actually now telling him how deep it goes, you know, the, the significance of it. You know, I'm telling him how, giving him facts and figures, you know, black women being five times more likely to die in childbirth, you know, mm -hmm. and how there's a higher chance of black males to be stopped by the police and how black people have got a higher chance of dying from COVID. You know, just talking through. And he's asking me about why, why, why? And I'm breaking it down. I'm like, look, it's institutional racism. And he goes, what is that? And then I'm explaining mm -hmm. it to him. And he goes, oh, so that's why... I couldn't get a flat anywhere else but Peckham. I said, exactly. <laughs> now you're with me. That's Stuff it. like that. Yeah. 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 It's, crazy. But, it's crazy. But with that being said, with that being said, he's proud. He's a proud Yoruba man. He's a proud Nigerian mm. man. He's one of them ones that will come through the airport and his full Agbada and beads and stuff. Like, he doesn't care. Do you know what I mean? He was, when, when people want to refer to him, even white people will tell them, I am chief. Like, don't put Mr. It's chief. That kind of stuff. So, <laughs> love it. Love it. Yeah. How yeah. do you guys um, kind of blend your cultures together? As in you and Candice, how do you blend your cultures together? Look, first things first, we have to understand that there are differences in culture. Right? Yeah. It's, it's important to understand that, that there are differences in culture. However, we need to also understand that we realize, look, we're also one of the same. Even though, there's, yeah. even though there are differences, we're also still one of the same. Um, yeah. there are, 
there are striking similarities in the culture. There's striking similarities in the food. There's striking mm -hmm. similarities in our mannerisms. There's striking similarities because, look, by grand design, we are all black people and we all came from one yeah. place, which is, which is Africa. Um, with that being said, there's a massive understanding between myself and Candice, you know. We try not to go to bed mad, you know. We try to sort out our differences. We try to have conversations about stuff rather than having shouting matches and fighting. You know, we try to have a conversation about stuff. Not saying we haven't shouted at each other. Yes, we have. It is what it is. We're human beings. But, yeah, the cultural differences is a bit of a thing. You know, I did have my mom back in it. They say, do not end up with any jamo. No jamo. You know, my mom said stuff like that. You know, but... <laughs> Again, I had to make her understand that, yo, it is what it is. You know, I can't help who I love. And, yeah. and, and you know, fortunately, she's from Barbados. So you got to have to take it. It is what it is. So technically, you know. <laughs> so, so technically, she's not Jamo, but the moment. Hello? Can you hear me? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Sorry. I said, but the mother... yeah. Yeah, yeah, that's cool. I, said, I said, but the mother of my first child is Jamaican. You know, so uh... exactly. So <laughs> yeah, I, I'll be honest. I, I did get the see, I told you, and I was like, "Yo, yeah, mom, yeah, it wasn't definitely. just her." I, I said, "Mom, I told you." I said, "Mom, it wasn't just her." You know, I I messed up, mom. I messed up. All right, it wasn't right, just her. Her son can't do anything wrong. What? Her son is perfect. <laughs> uh, yeah, in her eyes, but that's exactly. in her eyes. Yes. In our eyes, yes, but that, that's not the kind of relationship I have with my parents as well. I think mm. the relationship has kind of flipped and changed in the sense that I'm now the person teaching them. Mm. Do you know what I mean? I'm now the person teaching them. I'm now the person sharing my experiences with them. Uh, uh, and yeah, she might try to say, yeah, but you know, I'm sure you didn't do something. I tell her, no, mom, like, I messed up. You've got yeah. to take it. It is what it is. Yeah. Um, in terms of your relationship and like mm. finding time, like in between, you know, being parents and stuff, how how does that work for you guys? Is there enough time? Can I extend the day by another five <laughs> hours? <laughs> <laughs> look, look, it's it's difficult. It's 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 hard, especially during the lockdown. Yeah, as well. You know, but we do try to, you know, once the kids are down in bed, we do try to, you know, hang out a little bit, you know, chill out downstairs, probably watch a movie or even if it's just laying down in bed and just having conversations and just debriefing. Mm -hmm. You know, Candice and I wake up quite early in the morning as well and we just turn to each other and have conversations as well. Um, okay. Again, like I said, during the lockdown period, it's a, it's a bit difficult. It's a bit more technical because you can't really have people come and whatnot. But before that... You know, we could get a babysitter and just go on a date, impromptu date, just get out the house, go for a date or something. Mm -hmm. Or just book a hotel and just stay, spend the night in the hotel, but get someone in the house to come look after the children. Yeah. It's, it's, it's essential, it's necessary to get alone time because <laughs> before the kids came, you know, you guys had a relationship and you're mm -hmm. still going to have a relationship whilst the kids are there. Mm -hmm. So it is what it is, you know. We just got to make the time somehow and just, you need to do that. It's, it's important. Okay. Yeah. How um, how important is it for you to kind of show, you know, a good kind of um, example of a relationship to your um, children now? It's important. I think it's one of the most important things to actually show mm. the children that this is what a relationship should be like. Mm. Um, we're not perfect. 
you know, and mm. I do, we do apologize to our children when we get something wrong, you know, we apologize and look, you know what, I was wrong, I'm sorry. Um, we're not perfect, but we try to do the best that we can, you know. Yeah. Again, there is no blueprint for it. There's no manuscript for it. You just got to go mm. with what feels right on the inside. And as long as you go with that and you lead with that, I think it just becomes a whole lot easier. Uh, but yeah, we do try to show our children, you know, affection. We show, I mean, Candice and I are constantly hugging up and kissing up each other and dancing and all that stuff. And the kids are saying, oh, go away, don't do that. But they need to see that kind of stuff to understand that yeah. that's what love is. Yeah. Did you, were your parents, are your parents together, like growing up and everything? Yeah, my parents are together. Uh, you know, they're still together. But um, typical African setup. Mm. you know um i don't need to say much about that <laughs> but, yeah, we get it. we all get it for yeah, everyone who's not african we're sorry just yeah, typical, typical african setup and i'll be brutally honest you know is one thing i i, I decided i was going to do differently as well mm. if i see my mom and dad even not even kiss just give each other pecks on the cheek or whatever it feels weird because mm. i never really saw that do you know what I mean? If if my dad hugs me now, it feels weird because it never really mm. happened whilst I was mm. growing up. So for me, I thought, no, I'm going to flip it and I'm going to show my kids that actually that's normal. That is love. I'm going to hug you. And guess what? I'm going to hug up on your mom and kiss up on your mom. And there's nothing you can do about that. All right. You can go, uh, 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 it's weird, but that's how it is. Yeah, which is beautiful. We do need... I won't say model couples, but we do need that in society, not even just for your children, but maybe like your friends' children, um, other kids that are part of single parent homes. They need to see that even yes, though yeah. their house isn't like that, it's still possible, yes. like for them or, you know, in the future. Exactly. Because I did have like a niece and she had seen her mum not in a relationship, her other auntie not in a relationship. And she was like, well, you know, what's the point of a relationship then? Like, I can't see any good from it. Everyone I know is divorced or separated kind of thing. So, yeah, it's very helpful to know that she, well, how old is she, 16? Like, she's lost all hope already. It's, It's weird, though. It's weird. I mean, if we think about it, as black people, naturally, we are very loving people. Naturally. Naturally. Again... I digress a lot. Again, if we take it all the way back to the times of slavery and all that kind of stuff, it's probably one of the reasons why we, these white people were able to make us slaves because naturally we're loving people, we're, we're trusting people. It's, mm. it's part of us. So on loving black, you know, a black person that doesn't exhibit signs of love, it's unnatural. It's not yeah. natural to us. But again, it's situation that's made us like that. But love comes to us as second nature, which is why, you know, we turn turn to singing, you know, even though when we're feeling pain or sorrow or whatnot, we're singing songs and stuff like that. You know, we just got to look at our nature. We're loving people naturally. So, yeah. Embrace it. Yes. Someone said our kids should see it as normal to show each other affection, not just between parents, but all family members. All family members, exactly. And our kids are like that. They're always hugging up on each other and, you know, they always do that. It is what it is, you know. It's yeah. Love. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. Um, in terms of um, changing the narrative for men as fathers, um, is there kind of any, any um, activities that you feel like is important for men to engage in 
obviously you did say the cooking mm-hmm. um is there anything else that you kind of feel like in terms of like bringing up your children fathers be involved in this everything fathers need to be involved in everything of course you can't breath the child but mm. everything else you need to be involved in yeah. right i grease my daughter's hair right i wash the clothes i feed them i'll make them breakfast i'll make them lunch i'll make them dinner i'll talk them in bed yeah. i'll do a mini concert for rj it is what it is. Get involved. You're a parent as well. As much as the mom is a parent, you're also a parent. And that's your child as well. Why not? Yeah. I, don't, I don't think there's anything a man shouldn't get involved in, in terms of looking after a child. Do everything. Change diapers. Yeah. I'll do. I remember the look on my dad's face the first time he saw me change diapers. He goes, what? You could do that? I've never done that. Why not? Mad. I mean, even now, my dad's a bit cringe, like, with the... Like, he loves the grandchildren, but he's still like, yeah, you guys sort them out and I'll just play with them and that's about it. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? Do you know what I mean? Like, you know, any, any time my dad comes round, I can't say, Dad, you know what, Candice and I are going to pop around the shop. I'm going to leave RJ in the house. No, never. I can't do that. <laughs> I can't do that. But I can do it with my mum, but I can't do yeah. it with my dad. Do you know yeah. what I mean? Whereas with me, whereas with me, Candice, Candice can go. I mean, there are times Candice has had to travel for work and I'm in the house with the kids for like a week. Mm. I'm, I'm cool with it. Mm. No problem. It's mad because I still get even if I'm out and people will be like, "Oh, where's the children?" I'll be like, "They're at home with their dad." Exactly. Like, what? Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and then people come around like, "Oh yeah, you're, you're babysitting." No, 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 no. It's my child. I don't babysit my child. Bro. Like, I don't. That's my child. <laughs> I do not babysit my you child. How deep that line is. You're yeah. not babysitting. Do you know, so many people think that? Yeah. If I've got my kids and I'm babysitting, oh, mm. like I'm, I'm tired babysitting. No. Mm, it's yeah. just that, that makes so much sense yeah absolutely as people said um our parents time was different but they but we're modern has changed things are up to date mm. um yeah definitely definitely i think we we can we're a lot more equal in yes. terms of our spouses um it's not like you do this and i do this yes um obviously everything works different for different households but i get that in yeah. terms of like you know the base of it it makes mm. sense yes um is there something that you wish someone told you before um you had children i wish somebody told me that again i mean initially with 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 my with my first you know i did try to say you know what try to follow guidelines and you know stick to certain scripts and, and whatnot I wish someone had told me, bruv, just go with your feelings, man. I mm. wish someone told me that it would have made life a whole lot easier. I, I think I learned how to be a better father from my experience with my first. Mm. Do you know what I mean? I, I, it kind of then made the, the relationship with my, my relationship with my first a bit weird initially. And then eventually started to get better. But I wish someone had told me that that bro, there's there's no there's no game plan here, man. Just just roll with it. Yeah. You know, just roll with it. They, they, again, there's no, and it's it, it was recently I started to realize that each child would essentially show you how to t- treat them. Yeah. You know? as you said, yeah. Each child. So I wish I'd been. I wish I was told this, or I wish someone had told me this from the start. I wish my dad was equipped to tell me this from the start. I wish my mm. mom was equipped to tell me this from the start, but sadly, no. 
they weren't. My dad felt it's just one way to look after children and spare the rod and spoil or spoil the child. That's it. Mm. Right? I wish he could tell me that, dude, that's not the way, but that, he didn't know. Well, I know it now and I'll definitely be passing it on to my kids. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. Makes sense. Um, is there any fears of or anxieties that you kind of have going forward? Um, obviously, you did have the racial incident with your daughter. Mm. I guess you ne- obviously no one ever imagines that happening mm. going forward. Is there anything else that you kind of are fearful? Of? There's one thing that drives me, and I think it's the one thing that probably keeps me up at night and still and keeps me going the same way as well. I always ask myself this question. I think Candice and I actually do this quite a lot. We ask ourselves this question. Should anything happen to either of us right now? Mm. Have we done enough for our children? Have, mm. we, have we done enough to secure their futures? Have we done enough to create? Have we done enough in terms of creating generational wealth? Yeah. Have we done enough? So for me, that's my greatest fear. So, and that's what keeps me going. I want to constantly continue I want to continue, you know, working on that legacy and creating that generational wealth for them, you know, to ensure that they do not go through. I mean, every child, every every parent wants to ensure that their child doesn't go through what they went through. You've only got to keep getting better, isn't it? As your bloodline continues to grow, you, you, you want to keep getting better. So for me, I think that's my greatest fear. If I drop dead today, have I done enough? Yeah, that's deep. Yeah. Like now, I'm thinking that all I've got is life insurance. Like, <laughs> yeah, man, get that get that life insurance sorted. You know, get that will sorted. You know, get everything in place. You know, you got to do it. You got to do yeah. it. Yeah, and I think yeah. that's different. Again, going back to our parents, whereas oh no, but I've just got to go back home. Like mm-hmm. you know, I've got to go back home. The f- I've got you here, and that's all that matters. See, the thing is, <laughs> you know, Kalisa said it, and she's just taking the words right out of my mouth. Not every parent actually wants that. That's the problem. Mm. You see, there's an issue within us in the black community, and the issue is the idea of passing money backwards. That's yeah. a big problem. Yeah. Right. And again, that needs to change. That idea of passing money backwards. No, we need to start creating long-lasting legacies for our children that are coming after us. That's the reason why those other races in that respect are ahead of us. Right? Mm. So many white friends I know, when they all wanted to buy houses, they could easily go to Bank of Mom and Dad to get 50% of the deposit. In some cases, 100% of the deposit. Mm. How many black people can do that? Very rare. Exactly. That's what we need to change. Yeah. So I want to be in that position whereby I can do that mm. for my children. I don't want to pass on a struggle. I don't want to. I want to pass on generational wealth. Yeah. Yeah. Someone said all the money goes back home, but meanwhile, your child needs a new laptop for school. There we go. Yeah, it's also another thing. Even now, like, I can't lie. My dad, yeah, he, he's done well for himself and everything. But if I was like, do you know what? Actually, you know, we kind of going to leave me? And mm. he's a bit like, no, I worked. You can work too, kind of thing. Like, what, what, what? Like, I, I, don't, I don't get it. <laughs> I don't get, get it. I don't get it. Like, I work so you can work too. So wait, hold on a minute. You struggle so you want me to struggle as well? Like, what? he's kind of like... Well, you're not gonna have to struggle like how I struggled, type of thing. I'm like, 
it's the same struggle is struggle whether it's a little bit or a lot it's still struggle i mean there will still be i get it look they all our children are going to have their own struggles as well yeah it's fine right but it's my job as a parent to ensure that i help them along the way yeah it makes their life just a little bit more easier than mine which is great yeah. i have no issues with that you know and of course one thing that's also important it's a two-pronged attack as well as creating that you know that soft landing for them you also need to be teaching them values yeah because it's one thing to create that soft landing and then not teach them values and then they squander everything so you've got mm. to teach them both it's a two is you know it's a two-way street you know i give you the soft landing but i'm also going to teach you values i'm going to also going to teach you how to value what you have yeah yeah, yeah definitely obviously we've seen how you um, you and Candice are creating a legacy um, for your children. Um, yes. Kind of how did she rope you into being your own influencer and blogger as well? You need to congratulate her on her work because it's been amazing. I know you guys have had crazy feedback from her book as well. So how is that lifestyle going? Well... I still say this every time, anytime we go live, I still say I don't have a brand to protect and all that kind of stuff. I think a part of me still thinks that I'm not in that public eye. Unfortunately, well, fortunately, I am. Mm. You know, depends on how I see it, by virtue of what, you know, who Candice is. I'll be brutally honest, many, many years ago, and I know she wrote this in the book as well, when she said, Oi, Candice, leave me alone, get off my life. <laughs> <laughs> I, 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 look, I'll be, I've got to be honest and saying, when she quit work years ago and said she wanted to do this, I thought she was bleeping mad. Right? I'll be honest. I feel like know? that's the Nigerian you, though. That's, that's the Nigerian like, in me, because yeah. I'm like, bruv, all I know is, you've got to <laughs> work. To you've got <laughs> to it. work. You've got to do that. You've got to work to get to, you know, so that you can pay for the life that you want. You've got to do that. Mm -hmm. But she said to me, no, I have a dream and I've, I've got to follow through. I've got to do it. And I had no choice, even though I didn't do it willingly at first. I said, mm -hmm. I have no choice mm -hmm. but just to accept it. I'll hold the fort so that you can crack on and do your thing. And you know what? She's done it. And she's, I must say, you know, I'm really proud of her. And I tell her every day. Every time, every every moment I get, I tell her I'm proud of her. I'm proud of what she's done and what she's achieved and what she's going to continue to achieve. But I, even I've learned a lesson that you know what, the nine to five is a comfort zone. Yeah, it's a comfort zone, and for you, to, if you want to achieve, if I want to achieve great things in life, if I want to figure out who I am supposed to be in life, I need to jump out of that boat. Uh, jumping out of the boat is still a bit difficult for me because remember what I said, I'm a logical person. Yeah. I need to make sure that everything is stacked up properly before I jump. Yeah. But you know what? Maybe I need to jump out of the boat a little bit. So I'm yeah. kind of trying to put myself out there now, you know, you know, have a few more conversations and also to just show that, guess what? We're black people. We're a black family and we are bloody thriving, you know? We're living yes. life. It's not everyday black trauma, you know? Black people can enjoy too. That's, that's it. it. Yeah. Welcome back. Welcome back. Hello, hello. Right. So, last thing we were talking about was creating generational wealth. Yes. Um. Obviously, we know that you have been placed into a blogger lifestyle that you never expected, and now nope. you can see your eyes have opened. <laughs> yeah. Um. Kind of. How does that? 
make you view different um, career paths for your children? Like, you know, obviously we have, our, our parents have been like, well, we need you to be a doctor, a lawyer, or, you know, it's something that I can brag to my friends about. How do you kind of see that for your children? Look, it is what it is. I mean, we are, this is, this is different. This is 2020. Um, mm. Bloggers are in. Uh, let's face facts, you know, lately bloggers have been earning a shit ton of money. <laughs> yeah. You know what I mean? Um, look, it's the way of the future. Uh, you know, this internet stuff, you know, internet space and people conducting their business and all that kind of stuff on there. It gives you a platform to then reach, reach more people than you could have in the past, you know. Yeah. So to be honest, I have no issues with it. You know, Esme is well into her YouTube. She's constantly watching it. And I wouldn't be surprised one day if she comes to me and tells me she wants to start a gamer YouTube. I wouldn't be surprised because she mm -hmm. watches a lot of that stuff. She's constantly sat there watching people play Minecraft and all that stuff. Mm -hmm. So I have no issues with it whatsoever. Um, social media, I, I've got a love-hate relationship with it. Yeah. Myself, to be fair, I've got a love-hate relationship with it. And which is why, and I'm quite, I'm pretty stern on it as well. I just tell people, look, just respect my space. Um, yeah. This is my space. This is my world. You're coming into my world, so just respect it, okay? Um, keep your opinions to yourself, and I keep mine to myself. It is what it is, because this is a representation of my reality and my own experience. So I've got to kind of set those boundaries. And I know social media also gives people some a certain kind of bravery that they wouldn't have if they was in the real world. Because a lot of things that people say on here, they can't say it to my face. Mm. But then you come on here and you say it. But it's cool. It's all right. Yeah. You know, that's not a reflection of me. Of me, That's a reflection of you. If you can't say it to my face, but well, then hide behind the keyboard, then that's your problem, not mine. Mm -hmm. So it's cool. So that's my own love-hate relationship. You know, I'm constantly blocking people. You know, I know, I know I, I'm going to say my block game is strong. I think Candice's one is stronger. I've got a habit of blocking people any page that follows me or engages in my content and i can't see a display picture you know them ones where you can't see a display picture and then you see zero yeah. pick zero i'm like block like yeah he created this whole page just to come and troll me this long <laughs> or, 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 or pre or whatnot no yeah. we're, we're not we're not going to do that here so i'm constantly just blocking blocking that stuff and anybody that comes on my page to try to say anything negative i'm like blickety block block that's it i'm not engaging <laughs> not a problem um, in terms of creating generational wealth, um, yes. you, we know that you guys have kind of opened up a platform for your children in terms of um, allowing them to go to private school, mm -hmm. right? Um, I think, again, in our, cult, in our like, community, private schools mm -hmm. kind of, I don't know, one, it feels unattainable in mm -hmm. a sense. Two, mm -hmm. you know, you, there is a stereotypical... Um, look to private school in terms of mm -hmm. oh all the kids are snobby or oh mm -hmm. we won't fit in there we we don't mm -hmm. belong there all that kind of stuff um mm -hmm. kind of what is your take um, on yeah right so again i i have a habit for um stepping on stereotypes or mm -hmm. beliefs now i don't know if on Akala's live the other day, he's, he made a very valid point. He said, black people make up 3% of the general population, right? Mm -hmm. So do you, um, London 
is 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 an eco chamber. London is not like everywhere else in the UK. London is just a different kettle of fish. So I totally understand why black people may feel like private schools and all that stuff things are all those things are unattainable. They're not for us. Your children might be snobby and blah blah blah. Can I tell you? Can I let you into a little secret? Mm -hmm. well, it's not a secret. The truth is, you go to most private schools and you see that they are actually bloody diverse, mm. right? And predominantly, you know, the black kids you have there are of African heritage. Mm. The private schools near us have more black kids in it than the state schools. Mm. Yeah. The private schools actually appear to be doing more about that or more about diversity than the state schools near us. That's the truth. Um, see, I'm from Nigeria and I went to pri primary school, secondary school in Nigeria, and they were both private schools. Private school is not a thing where we're from. It's yeah. a norm. It's like, yeah, private school, boom. Nobody, yeah. people don't send their kids to state schools. It's like nah. a private school. So for me, it's, 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 and I went to one of the best private secondary schools in Nigeria at the time. Mm -hmm. um, so quite frankly, it, I don't see it as a thing. We don't see it as a thing. We don't see it as, it's, it's not, it's achievable. It's actually pretty achievable. So let me put it this way. How many people pay for nursery at the moment in London? Most people, <laughs> right. if you're not on benefits. Okay, so, so typically, how much does it cost per month for nursery in London? Uh, I'd say probably 1,000, 1,500, depending on where you are. 1,500, brilliant. Now, a term is three months. Mm. School fees in a private school is three and a half grand per term. Mm, it's the same exactly so it's achievable <laughs> yeah it's achievable it's absolutely achievable in addition to that there are grants there are scholarships you know yeah start tra training your child in some musical instrument play the piano or something you can get scholarships through that there are sports scholarships there's so many things you know the schools you can also negotiate negotiate with them you can set up payment plans there's things that can be done there are people mm -hmm. Loads of people, and I know a lot of black people that have their kids in private schools. Trust me, don't let anybody make you think it's not achievable. It's bloody well achievable. It can be done. I, I totally understand I might be talking from a place of privilege. I get it. But things like that should not be far you know, beyond our reach. We should be able to touch it and feel it. And in terms of the snobbish stuff, look, charity begins at home. Yeah. Right? Even in the state schools, there are some kids there that are up to no good. It's what yeah. we teach our kids at home that matter. You know, the values we instill in them. They're going to go out into the world. They're going to face peer pressure. They're going to do all of that. We just want to hope and pray that the education and the teachings you've given them at home, they're able to lean into that. Yeah. Someone said, I visited our local private school for my twins and it will start to be about 28K. So that's a eighty-five percent of her annual wage. Yeah, I think again, twins as well. Like you know, yeah, yeah, no, no, no. <laughs> no. See, I, 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 t I totally understand that. But you see that what well, that little breakdown I did was just to give a bit of perspective as well. Yeah, do you know what I mean? That look, it is achievable. I'm not saying it's going to be easy. I'm not saying it's easy. Trust me. I mean, before we approached it, when I had the fees, man, I went. I had started having cold sweats. I was like, whoa, <laughs> seriously. But when you deep it and you really think about it, it can be done. Yeah. It can be done. Yeah. It can be done. Yeah.
but is there any kind of things that you feel like okay well I've opened the door for her more so than if she went to state school so far yeah, it's, it's, so. for me it's more about connection um, yeah. it's more about the connections and it's more about the network as well um there's a network that those kids or private you're able to build in private schools again the UK is just like pretty much almost every country on earth. It's not just what you know, but who you know as well. Definitely. Um, so, and it goes a long way, you know, bringing out a certificate or di diploma or whatever it is from a private institution also mm. goes a long way. Not, say, not saying that it always ends up in a good place, but again, if I can give my children a leg up, why shouldn't I? That's it. That's what I think it is. If I, if I can I do it. Why shouldn't mm. I do it? You know, I'll mm. be mad not to. So mm. I, as a parent, I need to do everything I can to ensure mm. that my children, you know, I, I do the best by them yeah. to the best of my ability. Yes. Yeah, definitely. Just opening yeah. the right doors. Yeah, exactly. Um, or at least finding the keys for them to open the doors. Yeah, exactly. Mondo, that's it. And look, and I believe, you know, there's something about paying for your education that like you kind of have a bit more control over what your children, you know, how your child is treated in the school as well, because you're paying for it. You know, yeah. you, you, you have a bit more control in terms of what the school does and, you know, the curriculum and how they act and all that kind of stuff. So, because you're paying for it. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And obviously, this the classrooms are a lot smaller and everything as well. The so classrooms are a lot more small. They're a lot smaller. They're very personal. You know, they teach your kids. So let me break it. This, let me break it down this way. Um, you have somebody gave me this um, story once. She she goes, she knows a family. There are two girls in the family. The parent was only able to send one of the girls to private school. The other went to a state school. Now one of the girls was really she was really good at you know really good at looking after people and blah 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 right mm. in the states if both of them are really good at looking after people and all that kind of stuff in the mm. state school when she went for careers advice and i'm not knocking this profession so don't please don't think i am but when she went for careers advice they said to her oh yeah you'll be you'll be a good social worker Special worker. Mm -hmm. okay but mm. in the private school they're like you'll be a good medical practitioner Mm. yeah i see it right so yeah. there's something about the state schools that i just feel like and bless the teachers if there's any teacher on here i know you guys are doing an amazing job but they yeah. are overworked they are they're massively overworked under resourced you know they don't have that ability to actually spend that proper quality time with the children to actually get to know them to nurture them to train them and teach them in ways mm -hmm. to go. And again, the, the whole system in itself, I mean, there are some state schools that are pretty good depending on the area you live Yeah. Mm -hmm. as well. So again, it's the whole area thing, it, you know, it goes a long way. That's why some, some parents would send their children to a state school that's miles away from their house because they've kind of used their friend's postcode as where they live and whatnot. Yeah, it's just a luck of the draw, but... Yeah. Is there anything that you'd encourage um, us to do as parents who maybe can't, obviously can't afford um, private school or anything like that? Kind of extra lessons. I would say extra lessons, you know, um, extra lessons with, with, with your child to start to teach them life skills, you know, how to save yeah. money, financial skills, budgeting skills and all that kind of stuff. And again, that's one of the things that private schools teach. You know, budgeting. There's a little project they gave the kids. They gave them two pounds, and they said, "Right, take that two pounds and go grow it." Mm. 
take it and go grow it at home, do something with it. And the kids were getting really creative with it. Some took the two pounds to go buy some flour and then bake some cupcakes and then sold it. You know, you're teaching them that stuff from young. Yeah. You know, so again, it's, these are things that we can do as parents. Yeah. Those things that these kids are not being taught in school, we need to start doing them at home, from home. Yeah. Yeah, that's, that's mad. I think I might have to try that one. Yeah. That sounds like it makes sense. Yes, absolutely. Yeah. Um, it makes sense. But is there, apart from, obviously, you said, like, money skills, um, in terms of doing extra lessons, extracurricular, is there any other extracurricular things that she does? Because, like, you know, what's another thing that we don't do? We don't swim. Kwame oh. came on here yesterday. <laughs> he said, you know, us black, us black people, we don't like to swim. You know, um, little things like that. Like, is there any, does she play an instrument? Have you got any kids playing instruments? Yeah, things like that? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Esme's got a piano. Um, she, yeah, she's okay. got, she, she, does sort of, she does piano lessons as well. So she's well into her music and that kind of stuff. Mm. Um, She's well into natural stuff, so like gardening and pottery. So she's got clay and then she makes figures with it. And, you know, she's well into art as well. She's always constructing stuff. Lego. She's got a ton of Lego, right? Because she's always building some elaborate structure. She goes, watch, I'm going to build it. I want to build a, a three-story house. And then she does it. And you're thinking, rah, that's amazing. Tomorrow now she's told us she wants to make food with Lego. And I was like, can you do that? She goes, yeah, I could do it. Don't worry, I'll show you. You know, stuff <laughs> like that. You know, gardening as well. You know, I take her into the garden with me. You know, she gets her fingers dirty. I was digging the ground the other day and I showed her, I was like, this is clay. This is where clay comes from. And I brought the clay out and I washed it. I was like, here you go. So little things like that. You know, again, life skills. It's important. Yeah. Someone just said it sounds like my my daughter Janae. Literally, she loves Lego. Absolutely loves yeah. Lego. Can build anything and everything. Yeah. And, yeah. Um, yeah. The, the Lego um, thing is Cam the Lego Candy thing is amazing. Candy said you don't have a piano. Candy said you have a keyboard, not a piano. It's not a piano. Okay, keyboard, <laughs> piano. I'm Nigerian, innit? Allow me, bruv. It's same thing. Same difference. You press the key, music comes out. <laughs> simple. Simple. Um. So in terms of the keyboard, have you started doing like, um, what do you call them, grades and stuff like that? Has she got mm. access to all of that as well? I mean, she, she, she used to go for, the, she, she used to go for lessons. So there was a, mm. like an expert pianist or what, some guy that was just a, a maestro that lived mm. near us. And she used to go there like every weekend for lessons. And in fact, she's got the book. I can't remember the name of the book for life. But he's now moved away. So we're now mm. kind of looking for, someone else now to because yeah. yeah. I can't play I can't play to save my life yeah and, she, and she's telling me that this is the this this is the semi-brief this is I'm like yeah, okay yeah 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 makes sense Ooh. makes sense <laughs> yeah cool brilliant and then he tells me he was like yeah when she gets home make sure she practices I'm like yay I don't know <laughs> it <laughs> yeah great but then this is where we come to it where it's like I've got to put money into my children Yes. to be able to move them forward and I mm. think sometimes as black people we don't really correlate those two things together it's kind of like you know I have to pay for your food I have to pay for you, your clothes and I think that's enough it's not like all this extra money that we have to put into you we just don't see the benefit of it I don't think there's mm. any ever time where my parent would be like oh well apart from like Saturday school 
there was nothing mm. else. I never did any anything else. Um, yes. Again, it just didn't seem profitable yeah, yeah. in their eyes. Yeah. And, and, and it's crazy because, um, and I think it all goes down to the whole, oh, you must become a doctor, you must become a lawyer, you must become a nurse type thing. But there's so yeah. much more out there. I remember yeah. when I was younger, I mean, I was in my secondary school, I was part of the track, you know, the, the athletic team. And when I went to pre-university as well, I was part of the athletic team. I was really good at it, 100 meters, mate, I could run. And I remember telling my dad, I was like, listen, I think I want to go into athletics, man. I think I can actually do this. And he goes, athletics where? Bruv, go out and become an economist, job. Wait, wait, what do you mean? You know, stuff like that. Until this day, till this day, that shit hurts. Mm. Till this day, it hurts. And I'm like, that's never going to happen to my child. If my child comes yeah. to me and tells me, you know what? And, you know, I'm seeing that for some reason she's taking a liking to football and she's kicking the ball. I'm like, right, you know what? You might be good. Here you go. Let's get you some lessons. Yeah. You know, you never know. You know, we're all yeah. made to do different things. Yeah. Um, in terms of, um, I just had a question. I can't remember it now. Um, can't remember. Um, in terms of bringing your daughter up to mm. kind of, you know, do whatever she wants yeah. to do, is there um anything that you kind of feel like? you want your son to do but you know if he didn't do it it's not like the end of the world but like the dreams and like aspirations that you know like oh i'd love if my son was a footballer obviously you're not gonna like tell him no don't do it but if there's something that you know oh, i wish you could do this you, you know what truth be told no i just want him to be him i think mm. wanting him to be something is kind of me putting pressure on him and I don't want to do that. I want him to just grow up and be what he, whatever he wants to be. To be fair, of course, if he could, if he, if he was going to become a footballer, that would be great, mate. Like, yeah. bruv, I can retire to my island in the Caribbean and just serve rum for the rest of my life. That's cool, no problem, <laughs> you know. Um, but yeah, man, I just want him to just grow up and just be whatever he wants to be, man. Mm. You know, I want him to enjoy his childhood and just be a child and just grow up and just do what, figure himself out, figure his life out. Kenzie said that boy is gonna win an Oscar. Does is he a proper? Does he proper do like drama and? Yep, he does. <laughs> he proper he's does. He's always he's always acting. It does that. You know, you're chasing him and then he stops and he goes. <gasps> and I'm like, okay, cool. You know, he's a character. He can make faces, different faces, mm -hmm. to to show different emotions. He can do mm -hmm. that. Uh, yeah, at his age, yeah, he really understands that, you know, the art of using your body to tell stories. He can do that. When will he be free? March next year, same day as Candy. Oh, okay. He shares the same, he shares a birthday with his mum, isn't it? Oh, that's beautiful. Um, oh, okay. My, my, mine are, well, they just have turned free in April, but they've okay. co we've come to the bit where we started lying. So, like, they will fabricate stories and things like that. But who did it? And they'll be like, oh, but it happened. This Jenny did this and that mm. happened and this. No, but who did what? Who did, did it? Yeah. <laughs> so they're making like, up elaborate stories there. Yeah. yeah like... Ajay's at the stage now. And I don't know if it's, if it's quite early, but he's at the stage where he now plays us against each other. Like, he goes to mum to ask for something. And he can talk. You can communicate with him. You can have a full-blown conversation with him. Um, he goes to mom to ask for something like he did it today actually he went to ask his mom for cookies I didn't know I wasn't there and his mom said no 
And the moment I came downstairs, he probably just looked at me and says, right, watch me get this mug. And he goes, right, I want cookies. I'm like, right, cool. And he's looking for them and he finds them and he goes, aha. And he looks at his mom and goes, aha. I'm like, why? <laughs> and the kind of, you know, stuff like that. Like, I actually you said no. I've asked him now and he's given it to me. So stuff. So he does that where he plays us against each other. Yeah. And he knows. He knows how to do it very well. They're so smart. They're like, we just yeah, they you obviously don't give them enough credit. We don't. We don't. We don't. They, they are so smart. I mean, Esme as well, she throws around big, 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 massive words sometimes. And I'm thinking, mm. where'd you get that from? But yeah. And then Renee, on the other hand, she's now into her writing as well. So she's now okay. beginning to write like short essays and short stories and whatnot. Amazing. And the next, the next time she's round, I know Candice is going to be looking at it to help her, you know, to edit it or something. Because she, apparently yeah. she says she wants to start a blog. So oh, wow. yeah, we'll see how that goes. Yeah. yeah. That's beautiful. Um, is there anything that you would kind of give as like, obviously you said in terms of um, fatherhood, just be yourself, go with the flow. Um, in terms of, fathers having more confidence in their role as like you know i'm the father um is there anything that you think that can instill them to kind of know that they've got a major part to role and um, play in their children's life and they need to kind of step up i think it's it's it's, a, it's an all-around thing to be fair um i always use yeah. this pillar pillars and foundation analogy i use that quite a lot where I'm like, yeah, I see a man as a pillar of the home, but then the woman as the mm. foundation. First things mm. first, man. As a man, you've got to respect your woman. You've got to nourish your woman. You've got, to, you've got to encourage your woman. You've got to do all that stuff. Because, mate, if you want a good life, invest into your life of your woman. Right? That's mm. the first thing. And then if you've got, you've got a happy wife, you know, happy woman, all that kind of stuff, everything else just flows. Look, you're going to make mistakes as a man. It is what it is just be man enough to accept that guess what you're gonna make yeah. mistakes leave that pride thing out the door it doesn't yeah. wash forget that pride is nothing forget yeah. that leave that be vulnerable because you're only human as well and you know what the rest of it is just and be good the rest mm. of it is is nothing do you know what i mean like forget all of that stuff man you can you can be boastful and act with pride with your mates but listen when you're indoors with your kids and your wife nothing else matters yeah definitely yeah. as women how can we support our um our men um in terms of being good fathers and being role models you know how can we... <laughs> i don't think it's a woman's job to support a man in terms of being a father and hear, hear me mm. out i think a woman already had i think women already have enough on their plate right mm. um especially our black women right a man yeah. should just do what he's meant to do and not expect thanks for it because that's what he's supposed to be doing. Okay. That's the way I see it, right? I think yeah, women already have enough on is their plate. It's unique. Your mindset is unique. Like we know that not every guy thinks like this. I'm always surprised when people say that when they say it's unique. I don't see it as being unique, though. I'm like that should be normal, isn't it? Yeah, but honestly. I, the, I can count the men on my fingers that have this kind of mindset. It's not that many. The people that I, well, I don't know, maybe it's just where I live in South London. So the people that I kind of come in contact with, no, they're not like this. It's 
everything I must do, I need praise. Everything I'm like, do you know what I mean? It's no, me why? Then, then guess what? You're doing it for the wrong reasons than if you need praise for it. Mm. They're doing it for show. It means you don't really want to do it. That's bollocks. Mm. Mm. You know, people say to me all the time, oh, you're such a good dad. Oh, thank you so much. I'm like, no, that's what I'm supposed to be doing. Don't thank me for it. That's what I'm supposed to be doing. Like, huh? That's normal. Yeah. yeah. You know, um, yeah. For me, that's the ideal world. And again, there is no friend of mine that doesn't have my mindset. I have surrounded yeah. myself with men that have my mindset, you know, and we're, we've helped, we hold ourselves accountable, you know, and we talk to each other, we advise each other. And look, it is what it is. Yeah. Do you have that like network? Do you would you ever kind of like you know outsource kind of like you know go to therapy if there's something that you're struggling with and you can't be oh yeah you know mm. oh yeah oh yeah I'm a big believer I'm a strong believer in therapy in fact I just finished some sessions some therapy sessions I think a few months ago and mm. you know my therapist number is there on speed dial should I need mm. should I feel like mm. I need to top up again. I'm going to call her up and say, right, let's set some more sessions up. Do you know what I mean? And I made sure that my therapist was a black woman, an elderly mm -hmm. black woman. Do you mm -hmm. know what I mean? Um, yeah, man, therapy is really, really important. I do not run away from it. I don't run away from it. You know, you need somewhere where you can speak to a neutral party, someone yeah. that can actually help you break down and explore your trauma, explore your issues, and just go through it. You need that. Or else you're just going to yeah. be venting on the wrong person. Yeah. Yes. Someone is asking, where are these men that you speak of? They're all taken, mate. <laughs> <laughs> They're all taken. Oh, sorry, They're girls. They're all taken. <laughs> <laughs> They're all taken. I think, like, therapy and men, even, not even, like, just not to say black men, but men and therapy, you know, you don't ever see that in the same context often mm. like no 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 it's, it's important we need it we need more of it again that's a look man as, as a people black people we've been through a shit ton of trauma excuse my french yeah right um yeah. trauma from external forces trauma from internal forces you know our yeah. families even traumatize us we yeah. need therapy all of us and i feel like you don't even realize half yeah. the stuff until you start talking about it you're like hold on this connects yeah. to that and that and this and yeah, it makes yeah, it does, it does, it does. I mean, I always say this jokingly. I'm like, we're all batshit crazy. I say that a lot. Mm. Like, we're all batshit crazy. We need therapy. Everybody does. Yeah. yeah. You know. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah, and I think in terms of um, the way we have been brought up as black people, just we have this. Um, mm. What's it? Ide ideology of just moving on, getting on with yeah. it. Like most mm. of the time, it's just get on with it, just do it, yeah. just keep moving. There's never especially, time to stop and reflect. Especially our women, isn't it? We just expect our yeah. women to get on with it, just go with it. Nah, allow that. That's long, and that's that is not necessary. That is not right. Do you know what I mean? We mm. need to do all of this. There's so many things we don't explore. Like for example, why can't black people swim? People laugh about it. <laughs> people laugh about it. People, people deep, laugh though. about it. But it's deep. It's actually trauma that's gone from generation to generation, from generation mm -hmm. to generation. We have a deep-rooted fear of open water. Why is that? Mm -hmm. Exactly. But then, 
back home, you know, you'd be swimming in rivers and stuff like that. Like, do, there's no me problem. swimming rivers? No, <laughs> not, not where I'm from. No, my parents didn't even take me to the beach. Do you know what maybe, I mean? Maybe, so <laughs> maybe in the Caribbean, because I know like my my sister's ex, he used to just swim in the rivers. And when you took yeah, the kids yeah. back to Jamaica, they went in the river and everything like that. Like they were yeah. fine. They yeah, could man, swim. I, I, and again, it's just understanding that that you know there is trauma there, and it's also understanding that we need to try our possible best not to pass those fears on to our children. Mm. Like you know, I'll jump, I'd walk and stick my foot or my feet into the, the 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 ocean. I mean, when we went to Barbados, I was doing that a little bit, algae and holding him up and kind of just throwing him back and front and all that kind of stuff, putting up a brave face, even though I was bricking it, but I was just putting <laughs> up a brave face that. Mate, don't worry. It's all right. It's all good, you know. But I was scared. It's just to ensure that I'm not passing on that fear. Um, apparently, you're scared of sand. Not even the water, the sand. No, I'm scared, man. <laughs> I'm scared of the beach. I am But scared. then, if we think about this, this is definitely, like, culture as well. Because, you know, we've, we, there's always been told us there's mummy waters and all this kind of thing. Oh, and, you know... <laughs> there's Bollocks. always something with the water there's mystical creatures all this there's so much it's deeper than jesse day but mm. anyway one day you'll learn how to swim i i don't know but we'll see what happens <laughs> <laughs> i'm not ready yet i'm not ready yet there's a time i think it was last year i was like yeah i'm gonna learn how to swim yeah i'm gonna do this and i was acting on macho bruv it didn't materialize louder no way <laughs> it didn't it did it. Every well, time, every time we children go... swim, that's all that mattered then. Exactly. Every time we go to the Caribbean, I'm that guy that sat on the chair, you know, just eating fruit. I'm just chilling, just suntanning. I am not. <laughs> <laughs> Except the kids then want to step into. I'm like, all right, okay, cool, let's just go. And then I just put my foot in. I'm like, all right, cool, that's it, that's enough, no more. <laughs> so, um, tell us about your mentoring because obviously we've already come across that your mindset is different mm. to most men. So mentoring our future black boys to think and, you know, open their minds to know that they're more than just the stereotypes that they're going to meet as they grow up. Yeah. Um, kind of tell us a bit about that, how you got into that and everything. Right. You know, I got into that first by just talking to like my little, my nephews and stuff like that. And then, mm. so now I just kind of started taking on, you know, like other smaller kids, especially, and I say black. And I stress the word black, right? Yeah. Black boys, you know, just just mentoring them, just talking. To them. And a lot of them come to me for advice on how, you know, how they should approach things and how they should live life. Career advice as well. I try to place them in good jobs as well, you know, where, where I can, you know, using my connections and all that kind of stuff. But more importantly, you know, life skills, financial education as well. I mean, prime example, one of the little boys, one of, he's not, I, I call him a little boy, he's 21, he's a big man, <laughs> but he's a younger to me, isn't it? Um, mm. You know, I was talking to him yesterday and he was just asking me, well, like, you know, I've got some money saved, I'm thinking I should go rent or maybe I should buy. And I just started asking him questions, you know, why do you want to rent? You know, I just mm. want my own space. Okay, cool. Well, you live with your mom right now. Yes, I do. Has your mom asked you to get out of the house? No, she hasn't. So why do you want to go rent? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I just want my own space. I'm like, yeah, but do you really think, but you also want to buy a house at some point? He goes, yes. I'm like, yeah, but why do you want to put yourself, why do you want to kind of like trap yourself now? Not knocking anyone that's renting, don't get me wrong. Yeah. We used to yeah. rent big time. But yeah. it's just understanding that 
once you get into that, if you if you don't need to get into that, then don't. Yeah. So in his case, he doesn't need to go rent because he's living at home with his mum. He's helping yeah. mum with some of the bills, which is cool, which is fine. You got to yeah. pay your fair share because you're living yeah. there. That's cool. But you can then use that as a launch pad. You can use that to save up enough capital to go yeah. buy a place. Yeah. And that's why I explained to him. I said, look, you just need to be disciplined. You need to understand that. You need to, you need to exercise a lot of discipline at this point. You don't have that many bills. You're helping mum with some groceries and stuff, which is great. Start stashing money aside every month. I said, give yourself two years, mate. You have deposit money there. Mm-mm-mm. So I broke it down for him. You know, I, I, I helped him budget properly. I was like, how much do you earn? Okay, this is what you earn every month. That's fine. How much goes towards your phone? It goes £80 a month. Well, why have you got a phone for 80 quid a month? Well, I wanted the latest iPhone. Yeah, but why? You know, so stuff like that. So broke it down a little bit. So you got the phone. Okay, cool. How much do you pay towards your car? Cool. Put that aside. So you've still got X amount of money left. Okay, cool. Yeah. Well, move a little £200 like for flexing money because you want to flex. You're a little kid, isn't it? You're a little boy. You want to flex. Fine. Move that aside. And you've probably still got about £700 left. I said, now, in 10 months, that's seven grand. Mm. Right? In 20 months, that's 14 grand. Mm. Mate, that's deposit money. Straight. Yeah. yeah. You know, and with the kind of money you earn, you can afford a mortgage. Yeah. And you know what? He called me yesterday and he says, Uncle, guess what? I have my deposit money ready. Wow. I have it ready. So now I'm thinking maybe I should... Exactly. I'm I'm thinking maybe I should go into shared ownership or... You know, maybe I should get a, a, a buy a house straight off. But in London, the prices are a bit off, and I want to remain in London because of Mumsy. So maybe I should go for shared ownership. So we started breaking down the shared ownership stuff again. Mm. You know how it works and how we can start to increase the stake and all that kind of stuff. And then eventually, when he wants to, you know, in, you know, get a bigger property, then at least he's built up enough equity to then buy another property. See, this is education I wish I had. Yes. I didn't have it, and yes. this is stuff I've had to le- I've had to learn as I'm going on. And I'm damn sure, I want to make sure that I'm passing that down to the next generation. We need to do that. We do not do enough of it, right? I'm not passing down any struggles. I need to pass down good stuff. Yeah. Yeah. And I think this goes into the generational wealth. Like, these are the things that our counterparts are knowing. And, you know, even if they know the basics, they still know way more than us. And, you know, have the knowledge, the access to all this stuff that we don't. Exactly. Exactly. That's how it goes yeah it's crazy like to think that i don't know now i'm like i'm just thinking about my like bringing up like and thinking there's so much that could have even if a little bit was tweaked it could have been so yes. much different like it exactly could be in a completely exactly. different place and, exactly. and i think that's what we don't understand that the it literally yeah. just takes a little bit it doesn't we don't have to exactly. change everything bit. Yeah, we don't just have to a change bit. the whole curriculum to exactly. progress. We just need yes. to add and tweak. Just add and tweak, change a few bits and bobs, and you know mm. what? Then we'll be all right. It's, it's as simple as that, you know? And yeah. those that know need to, keep, to, to, need to pass on that knowledge. See, there's a lot of that in our community as well, the crabs in the yeah. bucket mentality. There's a yeah. lot of that. Um, there's enough space for everybody, right? Yeah. And if you know something... If you, if you have an idea of something or if you have a formula that works, share the knowledge, man. This is it. it. Mm. Share that knowledge. We don't share enough at all. We don't at share all. enough. We just want to compete with each other all the time. Exactly. All the time. We, don't, 
we don't share enough. And those that need the advice also need to ask for the advice. That's rather true. than Price. Exactly. Rather than being prideful and starting to kind of feel some kind of jealousy towards the person that's doing something. How about you just ask, brother, listen, I'm watching you, man. I see you're smashing. I beg you, do you mind mentoring me? Yes. Mm -hmm. We don't have enough mentors either. No. Right? We need more of that. We need more mentors. We need more, more stuff. Like, look, there's a lot more we can do. There's a lot more that we, lot more that we need to do. Yeah. And if everybody just decides from today, so everyone that's doing something great, and this is what I kind of challenge everyone that's around me to do. I'm like, look, you're doing something good with your life right now, which is great. Can you make a commitment to give back? Just yes. to one person. If yeah. everybody decides to do that, just give back to one person. Imagine how much difference we can make. It's true. Makes yeah. sense. That's yes. true. Yes. How um how are you gonna kind of go forward with your mentoring? Yeah, you know what? I've been told to jump out the boat and just get it done and just do it. You know, I've been dilly dallying, mm -hmm. messing around with it. You know, just toying with the ideas so, and what. Yes, I'm talking like this to you and whatnot, and I prefer to talk to people. But I'll be honest, you know, it's it's not my comfort zone. Mm. You know, sometimes I think to myself, well, do people actually want to hear what I've got to say? Do I have to think about the way I'm delivering it? Do I have to be nicer about it? Look, I'm pretty straightforward and I'm caught, I, I know, caught sharp, brush, whatnot. Yeah. And I'm just thinking maybe I need to fine tune it or whatnot. But you no, know what? But I, I, I feel like black boys like that because it shows how real you are. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And trust me, I'm not just talking from a place of, not knowing anything trust me mm. i know mm. it i've done mm. it i've lived you know i've done it we've i've gone from the trying to figure out whether we should buy diapers or put money on electricity i've mm. done all of that mm. you know i've done that living in one bedroom on in in bloody camberwell or close to east street market you know that yeah. them estates yeah there. i've done that <laughs> Uh, yeah, I've done that. I remember that's one of the first times. That's when I, I think that's the time I started dating Candice and she had to come check me there. My girl didn't even have a shower in my place because of our <laughs> manky. I've done all of that stuff. So I know, I know, I know the struggle. So yeah, I, I'm going to do it. Um, yeah. People have been telling me to get on it and get it done. I'm going to yeah. do it. There are a few changes happening, you know, in, in my life shortly. You know, I, I'm changing industries altogether. And I've really? to, yeah, 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 I'm changing wow. industries altogether and all that stuff. In fact, next Friday is my last day in the wow. industry. Um, but you know what? See what the future holds. You never know. Yeah, watch, watch this space, I guess. Watch this we space. We will. We definitely will. Yeah. Um, well, thank you for today. Oh, thank it's you so much for been such me. a good insight. Um, honestly, and if you don't get anything from today, the first thing you need to take away is just help one person. Yeah. That's literally the take from today. Like, we all need to just buckle up, help and share, and know that we can definitely change the world one person at a time. Yes, um, And thank you for your insight on fatherhood and, you know, how you're bringing up your beautiful children. Um, and hopefully you know we can find some more men like you so we can change mindsets they are there <laughs> they are there there's, there's loads of them they're there they're out there i promise you they're out there again remember what i said you know they're it's the way it's... <laughs> they're, all yeah, yeah, they're all taken but they're there there's plenty of them you know it is what it is yeah 
Um, thank you so much. Um, I hope you enjoyed our conversation today as well. Yes, I did. I did. Absolutely um, loved it. Thank you for having me. That's all right. Um, so if anyone wants to find you, what's your socials? Uh, socials, just I am underscore Papa B on Instagram. You know, I'm there. Just cool. find me. Give me a follow. Ask me questions if you want to. I'm pretty open, you know. I have conversations. I respond to DMs, um, you know. Yeah, it's fine. Just hit um, me up there Rachel on Instagram. Done a shout out. Rachel's done a shout out to buy Candice's book. I'm not your yes. baby mom. Yes. Baby mother. Um, and that will also support generational wealth because oh, yes. we are all one yes. village. We are all yes. one village, so we're all helping buy each other. Buy the book. Yes. Um, yeah. and yeah. It's on Amazon or Waterstones. Yeah, Amazon, Waterstones. We all have to support all, all, each other. Yeah, all major bookshops, to be fair. They're, yeah. They're, and yeah, yeah, they're all there. Yeah. yeah. Cool. Okay. All right. Thank, thank, thank you, you very for much, today. Guys. Good night. Right. Have nice. a good evening. Bye. All right. Bye. Bye. Bye.